right and uh, just to to put uh, the location in perspective for all the audience uh Cambros is located if i'm not mistaken right at the southeast of the city of edmonton is that right correct yeah correct so yeah it's yeah, about it's a, an hour an hour an hour from edmonton Correct, yeah. and uh, to it, the southeast. Yeah, as you were saying, it's a, it's a pretty small city, but pre um, the scenery over there is is pretty amazing. And uh, I can remember I was doing a couple of projects and in that area the past year, and I noticed I noticed uh, a lot of um, activity in the um, the renovation of some roads, uh, some uh, main roads there. Was that part of the that uh, development plan or? The uh, roadway uh, upgrades, the, there were some kind of a neighborhood upgrades in 2018, but for downtown, it, it started in 2019, end of 2019. Correct. And, there's, and it's still ongoing. It's going to take several years. But just to go, go back to that initial comment, so to create a plan like this, we had like a special uh, firm to do a retail market analysis for us. So he had, uh, get the data right. We have a special firm to do a transportation analysis. We had another special consultant doing uh, infrastructure uh, analysis, like because the the infrastructure in downtown is so old that you need to you, you had to do like an investigation to understand like where are the gaps and gaps in terms of capacity, in gaps in terms of the lifespan of the infrastructure. Right, so it's. It's a kind of a complex problem. So those things, I uh, think they, they they don't matter to the regular people. Like they like they, you can make somebody attached to uh, raw data until you create a purpose for that raw data, and that's what we try to do. So we get that information. And say we, we there there are things that we can do about this. Let's face them with 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 courage and 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 uh, you know see what the problems are and, and come up with solutions. Uh, and thank you for uh, you to uh, give a, a little bit of more understanding about the data data information, right? Because I was thinking, well, what, what type of data? But now that you are uh, saying that it's a different type of analysis about the, transport, the transportation infrastructure and how the people live or walk or, or whatnot. Uh, so basically what you're saying is um, you... Uh, form part of a bigger team in order to kind of recollect the data that is uh, useful for you in order to kind of take decision for the planning. Is that right? Yeah. Like for instance, through the retail market analysis, we found out that the trade area for the main street goes uh, up to some cities in Saskatchewan. Because like people from Saskatchewan come to main street in downtown just to uh, you know, do some errands and uh, around some like special boutiques uh, for clothing there. So that that kind of uh, you know interesting. So, so you have to plan for that kind of a costing as well. We are aiming for and and I say that like that's what I'm thinking about scale, right? So Camrose is about twenty one thousand people. We are aiming to uh, create. Uh, resident for 2,000 more people in downtown, which is 10% of the population. So if you can put 10% of the population in downtown, this is this is a, a win-win for who lives there and for the municipality. And at the same time, if you can 
uh, inspire the students to uh, stay in the community after they graduate, right? Like because people they they're there for uh, temporarily, but they they feel more attached to the city. Like you, you go to to uh, university for four years and you live there. If there is not nothing that can attach you to that community, then you're just gonna go and take the job someplace else, right? But we're creating something that we, we, we hope that a small percentage of the students also is going to remain in the city in the future. Population is, is it's that critical mass to sustain a community, right? If you don't have, if you don't retain your population, especially like your well-educated, uh, then they go away and then the community uh, is going to start facing a hard time. So we will, that, that's the, the end game is to make people, retain people, attract more people, even attract more visitors, attract more tourists, but also retain population in the future. Right. And, uh, and now that we are touching base about uh, this uh, study case in the, in the city of, of Cambrose, how do you think COVID will impact the research that you did on um, for this redevelopment it will change in a lot or or what do you think i think the covid 19 is going to impact how we uh, design and plan uh, uh public spaces all together not just like in uh, in cameras like but everywhere and, and that's why i i think it was very important that we uh we propose and there were challenges, but we proposed that some of the streets will be closed, right? There will be pedestrian streets uh, at least for certain days or certain times of the uh, of the day. And that there was pushback, like uh, the, there's some people that don't understand why or they think that this is going to create problems for for other for uh, traffic or or it is going to take uh, customers away from certain areas because they cannot find a parking space in front of the store. But but now, with all the, the, the personal space importance that we have in the pandemic, now it makes more sense to say, okay, so we can try to have a certain level of normal, if I can call this normal, but you can, you, we don't have to just, to stay at home and uh, uh, if you can allow some personal space so people can go to a park and have the separation distance they can go to a plaza they can walk on the sidewalk so you need like larger sidewalks that was designed already you need the streets sometimes closed because the sidewalks not it's not wide enough so all those things they were very challenging and now they start to make more sense right and uh no, that uh, makes uh, totally sense. And maybe here, like, changing a little bit uh, the topic in, in terms of uh, strategies for extreme weather, right? So in terms of carbon emissions and the translation to avoid in a portion, the change of that is the means to make more walkable cities, right? And is it part of that is what you're mentioning with cameras, right? But, uh, for example, for me, and this is pretty funny because I, I, I've mm-hmm. met a lot of Canadians here and, and they always tell me, like, from where you're coming from? Well, from Mexico and what you're doing here, right? Well, 
actually I'm not coming from the Caribbean area, right? So I'm coming from the actual northwest of the of the country, which is a desert. And mm-hmm. the weather there is 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 again pretty pretty extreme, right? So uh, I can remember like if you if you see somebody uh, walking in the street at uh, two one p.m. in the afternoon in I don't know in the month of July, you either think that uh, this person doesn't doesn't have other choice or 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 is crazy, right? Because it's heat over there at that point in time is pretty it's pretty extreme but coming here we we can talk about the, the extreme weather also well when certain um, days of the of the winter time you can just reach up, up to minus 40 degrees celsius right and uh, that uh, wind chill as well so in terms of walkable spaces what are the strategies that uh, urban planners uh, have think of uh, in terms of uh, make uh, walkable cities in, in, in areas with extreme weather? So do you have like something in mind in order to, you can share that with us? Well, I, I have a couple of things and, uh, in, and that relates to how I see, like, uh, I, I know Kimbrose is where we started talking, but even in, in Edmonton, for instance, a lot of work for uh, private developers as well in Edmonton. And, um, you, you know, like mature neighborhoods are uh, prime areas where there's more uh, demand for, for new development, right, or for infill development. And it, we, we clearly see a difference in the design standards for streets in mature areas and suburban areas. And that that science standard means that in, in mature areas, the, the streets are narrow, right? The blocks are shorter, and in, in, in new areas, everything is big. So what we've been trying to do is to demonstrate that that extra space that you have in new areas is actually useful for like snow accumulation, for instance, or for to create like uh, a bike lane that didn't exist, right? Or for creating uh, a patio space in in a corner uh, store that in in, uh, in the past had just a drive through. So th- those kind of uh, techniques it, it takes time, but um, it, we we want to make sure that. When you have a lot of space, uh, you feel the, the weather. Like if the weather is minus 30, minus 40, and you have all the, that open space, you're going to feel the snow drifting. It's gonna, you're going to feel the wind. All those the natural effects of the, the winter are, are present, right? In, and then we can demonstrate to developers that, okay, so you can perhaps design your building Although it's going to be a large facade, but you can design them to uh, resemble uh, short entrances. So with the short entrances, for instance, people can uh, maybe hide from the wind there, right? Or maybe there is a, an opportunity for they, they they get in the door, like just to stay there for a while and then, and then get out. So it's, there's all very minor things that are, I think which we're trying to, uh, encourage uh, clients to do and then but everything has to be demonstrated right it's not like just like 
try and, and, and see if it sticks. It, it has to be tested and uh, demonstrated that it's working in, in some other cities. So I, I give an example, like my, 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 my best example is my own experience when I go to a place like uh, Banff, for instance, and you like Banff, sometimes you just, you, you just walk and get in, in, into a store, not because you're interested in buying something, but just because you're hiding from the, from the cold, right? And, and, and that's, and, and that's, that's the thing. Like we'll, we're just trying to do something that are not very expensive. Right, but uh, that there are things that you can do that are expensive and they are needed to to be done. But we want to demonstrate to people that with very small changes, they can do uh, uh, great benefits. Well, that's uh, a really good approach, right? I never thought about that, right? So trying to kind of, uh, for example, yeah, in Banff is is the same thing, right? So just walk around and uh, that encourages people in order to kind of just get into the stores and maybe that is a hidden um, value right that you can just uh, implement like a, a commercial um, incentive in order to kind of just go to these stores right and, and oh that's 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 pretty interesting actually and and again I, I also believe that uh, there are a lot more of uh, principles or, or strategies right in order to kind of just make a certain things work in urban planning but again you, you need to kind of just base everything about uh, data or uh, the analysis that you already have in order to kind of make it work right so mm-hmm. uh no that's pretty interesting so my next question will be uh how you how do you mix and match your urban principles with sustainability that that's interesting because um there's a lot of principles that uh we need to rely on like People like you, architects, or or some other uh, like engineers to, to make it work. So there's a lot of things in urban planning are aspirational, right? Like the, you have a you have a, a a vision or you have a desire to achieve something. So I'll give you an example. Um, I'm working right now in a project that uh, it's it's at the end of a, a road that was closed. Uh, because of the LRT, and uh, and our client he bought uh, lots on the on both sides of the street. So he said, "Well, can we create a plaza in in between the buildings and see how it works?" Right? And everybody thought, "Well, that's a great idea." Right? But then we retain a company to do a wind study uh, for the sh- because of the shape of the building to understand. Uh, wind impacts in in that space between the two buildings, then it's a very large space. So that wind study identify areas where the there's not going to be uh, good conditions for strolling, for sitting, or even for just like uh, uh, staying. Uh, uh, so through that information, you have to go back to the architects and say, "Well, can you redesign?" The ground level of the building, so we can create a, a you know, we can mitigate those, those wind effects. And then we talk to the landscape architects and say, well, can you also do some different plantings here so that the the, the those type of vegetation are, are going to buffer the the winds here? So every you start to 
be like more like a, a very complex match of different expertise to say, well, we have a, we have a vision and, and we have a principle, like this place is, is going to be more sustainable if uh, we can attract people to come to that area and you can, they can feel comfortable. But as a planners, we have to rely on this other professions to say, well, can you mitigate this? Or what, what's, what do you think can be done in, in, in the design? And what do you think can be changed? So that, uh, for instance, the architect of the, that worked in this project even uh, provided like different lighting things to enhance like the, the, you know, the safety of the area. Uh, but there was a lot of, of technical uh, uh, expertise involved in redesign so the actual plaza would be sustainable um, for people to use. Yeah, thank you for sharing that with us because um, you're right, like uh, everybody, every professional are pretty, well, everybody is an expert on their uh, field, right? On their little niche, right? And at some point we can, just go a little bit further I even in uh, the large scale or the the, the minor scale, uh, scale right as, as, as an architect we, we have certain idea on what needs to happen on in the context and as well we we have certain idea what needs to happen inside or in, in the interior of the of the actual building but uh, the purpose of all these audios is, is, is again, right? Is like nobody is, uh, expert on everything, right? So you have to kind of collaborate. You have to networking with other professionals in order to see what are the blind spots on certain projects in order to kind of move forward with a pretty good product, right? That at the end of the day, the, the end user will enjoy, right? So. Uh, thank you for, for sharing that because, um, yeah, that gives us uh, a little bit of perspective about, uh, about the different, uh, elements that will come together in order to kind of provide the synergy that uh, the actual project, project needs, right? So, no, I think that's a pretty good insight in order to demonstrate that, uh, doing teamwork with all the disciplines working together is, is the best uh, way to go, right? So, no, thank you for that. And uh, I can remember when I was uh, in Mexico, like my last uh, job that I did there, it was a lot of research about um, urban planning. And I was scratching a little bit the surface, right? It was a certain needs for like us as, an ar as architects and the industry back home in Mexico that there was a lot of developments, like uh, big uh, areas of land that was developed with... Uh, with minor conscience about density in terms of what uh, what the what will be the ratios for landscape in terms of uh, area of construction, so it was a, a great uh, movement at that point in time where it was a little bit of uh, further study about uh, yeah more more that than trying to define the proper proportions in terms of what needs to be uh, the actual development or infrastructure or, or ratios of roads or whatnot. And yeah, when I came here, it was that uh, six years ago and uh, the name of that movement was uh, Sustainable Urban Developments. When I 
got here in, in Canada, specifically in Red Deer, I noticed that a lot of those principles were already uh, in place here in, in, in Canada and more specifically in, in Red Deer in certain areas. And I was thinking, okay, well, we are, of course, ahead on what's going on in Mexico. But now that uh, we have this concept of a smart city, so what you can tell in your own words what the smart cities mean uh, to you or for all the industry of urban planners. How do you like it so far? Thank you for being with us. If you want to know about the following part, just keep in touch and follow us for the next part of this episode. And please don't forget to leave me a review on whichever platform that you're using to listen in this podcast either good or bad. Remember, Mexican have thicker skin, you will hurt my feelings, that's for sure. And better yet, if it has some good criticism, so I can learn from it and improve it, that will be even greater. I understand this hasn't been perfect, but it can be better every time. I recognize your time is valuable, and would like you to enjoy this moment with me as well. Also, if you like what you get from this audio, I will recommend you to be the first to share this info with your friends, so maybe they can get something valuable from it as well. Thanks for listening, and let's meet again soon.